Hi, and welcome to 5 Minutes of Rum. Notes on rum, a few minutes at a time. My name is Kevin Up the Grove. This is episode 22, and this episode is a companion of sorts to episode 20. In episode 20, I talked about Kaloa Rum, uh, the Kaloa Rum Company, uh, the company itself, and how they produce their rums. In this episode, we'll visit the tasting room of Kaloa, talk about Kaloa's place in the market, and then touch on what they're working on next. Then I'll be discussing the three other rums currently produced by the Kaloa Rum Company and feature three cocktail recipes that use those rums. The Spindrift Junior and Captain Verdernas uh, Grog from Beach Bumberry Remixed, and my own creation, the Wa'alealea. So starting with my uh, quote-unquote research trip to Kauai last October, um, I visited the Kaloa Tasting Room. Um, and uh, you know, if you visit the Kaloa Tasting Room, they do do tastings. They start tasting with their light, their dark, and their Kakui Mai Tai mix. Um, they want to essentially, by doing those in that order, they want to give folks a better island Mai Tai or a better, they, I mean, they call it a Mai Tai, but it's essentially the island Mai Tai. Anyways, they want to give people that are visiting the tasting room a better Mai Tai than they're probably getting elsewhere on the island. Um, and they're actually limited by state law to providing one total ounces of spirits per person per tasting. So it kind of limits what they can do. Um, you know, the, although the use of a Mai Tai mix was disappointing um, from a purist point of view, it's definitely understandable knowing what else people are drinking on the island. Um, and they, you know, when you go through and they and they show you how to put it together, it's not like making your own Mai Tai from scratch. But, it, you know, it was better than most of the other ones that you're going to get, especially the ones they serve you at a luau. So I, I think it's appropriate for the clientele that they're attracting. Um, and I think people did pretty well with it. They, they really enjoyed what they were tasting. Um, they also taste the spice rum and the coconut rums, or at least that's what they were uh, sampling when I was visiting. Um, and there's photos of the tasting room in the show notes. So a little bit about Kaloa's place in the market um, and how they compete. Something you'll notice with their rum, other than the quality of it when you taste it, is the price. Um, and that plays into their company philosophy. They're not priced bottom shelf. And in fact, when I interviewed Bob, the CEO of Kaloa Rum Company, he actually brought this up before I even asked the question, which is, you know, this is how we're going to be able to compete. We're going to make, uh, we're going to craft a spirit, um, you know, and, and Hawaii is a bunch of islands that are out in the middle of the Pacific. There's nothing you can do to make things really quote unquote cheap there. Um, and so since they know going in that they can't compete on price, uh, they want to compete on not only quality, but also the uniqueness of their rum. Uh, to quote Bob, they do it the best way they know how. Um, and I can respect that. And I tend to be choosy about what cocktails I use these rums in. Uh, they make very good cocktails but I'm not going to pour it into either my fifth cocktail of the evening or something where I'm going to dump it in and, and bury the rum with a bunch of other ingredients uh, just because it's not worth using the rum in that way. Um, and so how does that how does that approach show up in the dark spice and coconut rums that we're going to um, talk about today? Uh, they take their time um, when they're producing these rums and they work on something different from the norm in each of these three categories. Now, I got this particularly when I talked about the coconut rum, but I'm just sort of extrapolating when I look at what they've done with their dark rum and what they've done with their spice rum. Um, and I see how they've taken, you know, in two of these, two of these three cases, uh, particularly spice and coconut rums, they're taking a maligned category, you know, and often, and often that's a rightfully maligned cat rum category, um, or dark rum, which is an ambiguous category. And they're sort of making their own brand uh, they're making their own stamp on it and doing something different. They're not just producing another coconut rum or another spiced rum. They're, you know, how can we differentiate ourselves and bring people into a category that, frankly, isn't sometimes all that well respected? Um, 
and how rum is somewhat is a somewhat ambiguous category at times. You know, you can't. You know, one of the things that's both good and bad about rum is that there isn't a whole lot of regulation around it, so you get a lot of opportunity to play around with things. But that can be either good or bad. And I think in Kaloa they've taken some categories that I traditionally, you know, have had a little bit of you know apprehension about, and they've put their own stamp on it. Now, in terms of what Kaloa is working on next, um, I got a little bit of details when I visited um, back in October um, about the, what they're working on next. One of the things they're working on is an aged rum. Uh, it's not yet available, but it has begun production. The distillery itself, remember, is about five years old as of now, which is you know March of 2014, and they've just started aging their rum about, I think, 23 months previous, if I've got the math right. Uh, they're still a pretty young distillery in terms to have in terms of having aged spirits of their own. Um, they're only, you know, like I said, they're only less than two years into their own aged rum, and it'll probably be at least another one and a half to two years before they plan to release it. Now they're also planting new sugarcane for their rums. Um, in fact, they want to produce their own agricole rum. So to do that, they're going to obviously plant the cane, and then they'll come into the field, and as they cut that down and harvest it, they'll crush the cane on site. Um, and then begin production right away on a agricole rum. And I'm really looking forward to that rum, you guys. All right, now I'm already over five minutes in, uh, so the show's title is, once again, a lie. And I've still got three rums to get to um, and three cocktails to get to. So let's go ahead and start tasting the rums. Um, first up is the Kaloa Dark Hawaiian Rum. Um, this rum is a 40% ABV and 80 proof rum. Uh, costs about $33 a bottle in their uh, bottle in the store. And like all of their rums, their dark rum is unaged. Um, so that's a, a little unusual at first. But um, once you, again, going back to how old the distillery is, I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, the color of the dark rum in this case, and in fact of the gold rum, just in uh, a slightly you know different uh, shade, uh, comes from the addition of caramelized sugar. In terms of appearance for the dark rum, uh, this rum is a deep reddish brown. Uh, hold that up to the light in a glass um, and you'll get you know, that deep reddish brown color to it. Uh, maybe a little bit longer legs than the white rum or the gold rum that we talked about in episode 20, um, and less of that raindrop effect after it's swirled and starts to drop down. In terms of aroma, uh, this, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of things going on in this rum uh, when you smell it. So there's definitely vanilla, there's definitely brown sugar. Um, on a second or third sniff, I got uh, a hint of root beer, and there's a a mild astringency to it, uh, probably more spice notes on the nose than a typical dark rum. Um, someone at the tasting said this had a little bit of a cream soda um, element to it, so clearly there's a notes of vanilla and some orange in there, and I, I wouldn't disagree with the cream soda. I picked up root beer, but once I had that cream soda idea implanted in my head, I could definitely pick that up when I smelled it. In terms of taste, uh, the rum definitely feels like it has more body than the gold rum and the white rum. Um, I'm still tasting some of the spice notes from the nose, but I don't pick up any of the woodiness that you would um, that you would normally find or expect to, from a dark rum. Um, but in this case, again, you shouldn't expect to pick up any woodiness because it's unaged. Um, I feel it a little bit on the tip of the tongue, but then it fades pretty quickly. Uh, sweeter than the gold and the white rum, but not really sweet overall. Uh, compared to another dark rum like Zaya that's not labeled as spiced, um, it's similar you know, and has those sort of spice elements. It's, it's although it's not as sweet as the Zaya, uh, maybe a little bit medicinal in terms of finish. Uh, it's got a, a quick finish, not much burn, uh, even if even a little bit on the throat. 
and the taste lingers in your mouth more than the alcohol in your throat. So again, a, a good finish, not too, not too hot, not too much of a burn. Um, this is actually, you know, to sum up, it's more unique than many dark rums. And it's not exactly a straight substitute for your recipes that call for a dark Jamaican rum, which, of course, it's not. It's not a Jamaican rum. Um, but I'm trying to find other ways to use this rum in recipes anyway. Um, I haven't quite figured out how to use it best uh, or how to best use its attributes in a cocktail. Um, it worked well when I was on Kauai as a float on my island Mai Tai. Um, and overall, it's not a rum that I would normally sip neat. And so what I tried to do is I tried to look for um, cocktails that I could substitute in a dark rum for and just see what it played well against. Um, what I ended up with is looking at you know several different cocktails, and I would probably recommend either a Chief Lapu Lapu or the cocktail we're going to talk about in a few minutes, the Spindrift Junior. Uh, again, I tried a couple different recipes, and I found that lemon and orange juice partnered up with this rum better than, say, a lime and falernum combination. So you'll see that with the Chief Lapu Lapu. And the Spindrift Junior, those are both uh, orange and lemon flavors as opposed to lime and falernum. But I would definitely recommend experimenting with this rum a little bit and finding out where it works well. It doesn't swap out in every dark rum recipe, but it actually you know, brought some interesting characteristics to several recipes. Next up is the Kaloa Kauai Spiced Hawaiian Rum. Uh, this rum is 44% ABV or 88 proof. And again, this one's also about $33 a bottle. Um, Kaloa stated during the tasting that their intent was to create a spiced rum that people would sip neat like a liqueur. Um, in the tasting room itself, I'll note that it did get a very good reception. Um, everybody seemed to really enjoy sipping this rum. And so you can see from at least, a you know, how to, from a business perspective and how to bring themselves a differentiation, a, pardon me, a differentiation factor in the market. Uh, this was probably a good approach for them to have. Um, the appearance of this rum, it's very similar, um, in fact, nearly indistinguishable from the Kauai Hawaiian Gold Rum. Um, I'd probably dub it a champagne gold or an iPhone 5S gold color in the glass. Um, aroma, so, you know, it's a spiced rum, so you pick up spice notes such as cinnamon and maybe um, a gingerbread, a cardamom, and a vanilla. Um, so all of this makes sense. Um, also pick up sugar. Uh, butterscotch and maybe some hard candy from grandma's house and despite being 88 proof there's actually negligible burn on the nose which is an interesting you know uh, characteristic for a rum that gets into a little bit higher proof than normal uh, taste so I mentioned it looks a lot like the gold rum but the taste is so very different from the gold rum um, this is a spiced rum that's not heavy vanilla but it does have a candy-like sweetness and a mix of spices that are, you know, at first a little bit hard to unpack. Um, I picked up noticeable butterscotch elements and it tasted like, just like butterscotch and caramel. Uh, a little bit of cinnamon in there, maybe a little bit of orange peel. And, you know, when I infuse my own rum, which I've talked about on a previous episode, I can control the spice I use and make it taste different from other spiced rums. Um, and that's what I get from this, even though I didn't actually, you know, infuse this rum. This is different than what you would typically find in a spiced rum in this category. And spiced rum normally um, is predominantly vanilla. You, you almost want to call it vanilla rum instead of spiced rum. But this is actually a, a different approach. Uh, in terms of finish, it's a, an easier finish than other high-proof spiced rums that I've had. Uh, there's some, again, some residual sweetness after the fade, which I did find. The, the fade was actually pretty quick, and there's a little bit of sweetness left over. It doesn't hang around in the throat for very long, which probably makes it sipping uh, make, makes sipping it easier for some of your you know maybe non normally rum drinking friends. Um, 
the spice and the sweet hang around a little bit um, and it'll you know remain you know as sort of an afterthought once you finish swallowing the rum so you know if i were to sum up the the kawaii spice rum um i i think the first reaction i had is i'd want to pour this over ice cream maybe because it's like candy and a little bit sweet um, but between this and the coconut rum i like their take on two maligned rum categories and we'll get to the coconut rum in a little bit um, it's definitely different for the style um, I would typically still infuse my own. Uh, this is a nice alternative. Um, again, it got a good reaction from people in a tasting room. Um, I found it to be, an, again, an interesting take on the rum, probably something that I wouldn't have all that often, but I did, I did like it. Um, recommended cocktails for this. Um, I would go back to episode 10 on Spiced Rum and try this in a Henry and John, which was the Martin Kate cocktail. Um, and then today's cocktail that we'll talk about in a little bit, which is the Captain Verderna's Grog from Beach Bumberry Remixed. And so third up today is the Kaloa Coconut Hawaiian Rum. Um, this is a 40% alcohol by volume, 80 proof coconut rum. So again, that is a 80 proof coconut rum. If you know anything about that rum category, that might stand out a little bit because typically coconut rums tend to be a little bit more like coconut liqueurs and a little bit lower proof. Uh, so right you know right from the start you can tell that you're dealing with something that's a little bit different um, like their other rums this is about 33 dollars a bottle in the store um, and i will say that they are rightfully proud of this rum uh, they talk about how it took them two years to get the coconut rum the way they wanted it because they wanted to get the flavor they wanted the proof they wanted and they wanted to go about it uh, using natural elements for the flavor um, and so when i talked to bob he he didn't get too far into the secrets of how they did it um, but he was you know like i said rightfully very proud of it and I feel it's a very, very successful effort. Um, it's the, well, I don't want to damn it with faint praise, but it is the best coconut rum I've ever had. Um, again, it's a, a, an excellent take on a maligned category. So, um, you know, taking the lid off and tasting and smelling this rum in terms of appearance, uh, it's perfectly clear and indistinguishable from the Kaloa white rum. Um, it does, you know, form legs and raindrops in the glass, just like the white rum. The aroma though, as soon as you open the bottle, you can smell the coconut um, and it's a, a different coconut smell than the suntan lotion of something like a Malibu um, or a different coconut rum. Uh, when you inhale, there's another dominant aroma and then that you, you'll pick up on that as being a chocolate aroma. So it's a unique blend of those two aromas and neither one overpowers the other for me. Um, and again, there's a, a hint of alcohol um, that you'd be hard pressed to pick up if you were smelling another coconut rum. Uh, in terms of taste, um, kind of what you would expect, a, a coconut taste. There is chocolate there, a little bit of nuttiness or a toastiness also. Uh, it's not as dry as the white rum, but it's certainly not cloying like a, like a typical coconut rum. Uh, I get the taste of alcohol, and that's probably to be expected because it's regulation proof. Uh, Finish-wise, uh, it's, it's a bit of a warmer finish to me than the others and lingers for a while in the throat. Uh, it doesn't burn, but it hangs out a little bit longer than some of the other rums. The residual coconut taste, you know, is, is the primary taste that lingers a little bit. You know, as a, as a summary for the coconut rum, I found the rum to be oddly satisfying um, as a sipping rum, which I never thought I would say um, for a coconut rum, although I'd probably still mix it most of the time. Um, again, head and shoulders above any other coconut rums. Uh, Kaloa, you know, really fired a shot across the bow for others who produce this type of rum, and it's hard to compete against what they've produced. Um, it's safe to say this is a coconut rum that people who like rum can really get behind. Um, I also have a link in the show notes to an article written by Inu Akena, uh, who is a, who he has a website where 
He reviews uh, not only reviews individual rums um, and covers a lot of ground there, but also does fairly exhaustive comparisons of like um, different types of rums and did a, again, a very exhaustive comparison of coconut rum. And I encourage you to go and read that uh, just to kind of get a better idea of what's going on in that rum category. But um, again, there's a link to that in the show notes. In terms of recommended cocktails, um, you know, coconut rum cocktails tend to go over pretty well uh, in general, although maybe not with uh, rum snob. Um, but I would say there's a couple of different, a couple of ones where this would really stand out. The Leilani Volcano, which you can find in Beach Bunbury Remixed, is a very popular one, and this would work very well in that. I made several of them while I was on vacation slash researching uh, this episode. Um, also, the Mahina by Jeff Berry. I, that's one of those things like Orjit that you can probably pronounce three different ways. That's how I'm going to pronounce it. Um, that's really the go-to recipe for drinks that call for coconut rum. I've never actually found anybody who doesn't enjoy that uh, recipe and doesn't enjoy that drink. And it's a super easy recipe to remember, so go seek that one out. Um, and then another, uh, I've been working on a variant of the Nui Nui called the Coco Nui, uh, which will feature chocolate bitters. And maybe once I get that nailed down, I can put that in a different episode. Um, or you can try today's featured cocktail, the third featured cocktail in this episode, my own creation called the Y L A L A. All right, so let's go through the three cocktails to go with these three rums in this episode. Uh, first up is the Spindrift Junior with the Kaloa Dark Rum. So the Spindrift Junior um, is kind of the little brother of the Spindrift. Both of them are original recipes by Jeff Beach Bumberry. They're both, you can find both of them in Beach Bumberry Remixed, uh, and they're based on Trader Vic's Rum Pot. The Spindrift Junior is a little bit easier to concoct, but I would say go ahead and try them both out at some point. So the recipe for the Spindrift Junior, three quarter ounce of orange juice, three quarter ounce of fresh and only fresh lemon juice, one half ounce of passion fruit syrup. If you need the recipe, go back to episode three, one quarter ounce of vanilla syrup, and one and one half ounces of the Kaloa dark rum. The recipe itself usually calls for Demerara rum, in this case, substituting the Kaloa rum. Uh, again, I would say Kaloa rum is, dark rum is not a substitute for Demerara rum, but I was looking for interesting applications where I could try the Kaloa dark rum. Combine all those ingredients and shake well with ice cubes. Pour unstrained into a tiki mug or a tall glass and add more ice to fill as needed. Uh, garnish with mint. Um, this cocktail, again, like I said, I, I found that when I was experimenting with this rum, if I found an orange juice and a lemon juice combination with the Kaloa dark, it seemed to work really well and better than the recipes that call for a falernum and lime combination. Next up for the Kaloa spice rum is the Captain Vaderna's Grog. A little bit of a tongue, tongue twister when you look at how it's uh, spelled in Beach Bunbury Remixed, but um, it's, you know, if you insert the missing E, it becomes a little bit easier to pronounce. Uh, it's named for a mixologist whose last name is Vaderna. Um, and Beach Bunbury, uh, this is again a recipe from him. And this he made this as a Navy Grog variant at a sponsored seminar. The recipe itself uh, is two and one half ounces of spiced rum. So in this case, using the Kaloa spiced rum. One half ounce of white grapefruit juice. I would encourage you to use fresh if it's available. Three quarter ounce of fresh and only fresh lime juice. 3 quarter ounce of Demerara sugar syrup, which you can find the recipe for in episode 9, a dash of Angostura bitters, um, and then combine that, shake it with ice into uh, in a cocktail shaker, and pour unstrained into a double old-fashioned glass. Garnish that with a lime wedge and a cinnamon stick. And I think this recipe combines you know the spice notes with the lime and the grapefruit, which is really nice. 
The Demerara syrup gives it a little bit of body, but you can tell it has its roots in a, in a Navy Grog that's just been tweaked a little bit. And so last for the coconut rum, uh, we're gonna, there's a, a recipe I created called a Y Ale Ale. Uh, again, this is a recipe of my own design. I created this while working on a presentation on Kalao rums at the Rum Rum Club at Tonga Hut in North Hollywood. Um, I knew that when I originally tasted the coconut, that it would really be the star of the show in terms of the presentation and then talking about the five different rums. And so I wanted to show off this particular rum in a cocktail. The name uh, is Hawaiian and it means rippling water or overflowing water. It's also the name of the second highest point on Kauai and one of the, one of the wettest spots on the planet, apparently. Uh, so the recipe itself, one ounce of Kaloa coconut rum, one ounce of gold Barbados rum um, using the plantation five year, three quarter ounce of fresh and only fresh lime juice, one half ounce of orange curacao. I've used the Pierre Ferrand dry curacao, one half ounce of simple syrup, one half ounce of vanilla syrup, and one teaspoon of pimento dram. Combine all ingredients in a cocktail shaker and shake with ice cubes, and then pour unstrained into a coconut mug or a double old fashioned glass, and then garnish that with a lime wheel. Uh, there's a picture of that in the show notes. Um, this recipe, um, you know, it, it sounds like it has a lot going on, but I, I like the fact that you can taste the coconut rum, but it doesn't just taste like coconut rum. And there's just a little bit of pimento dram to give it a little bit more spice and a little bit of vanilla that works well with the pimento dram for reasons that we'll get into in a future episode. Um, incidentally, on vanilla syrup, um, two of the recipes in this episode call for vanilla syrup. It's readily available commercially, um, but regular listeners won't be surprised to know that I make my own. Um, I've included a link in the show notes to the recipe on a mountain of crushed ice, um, and I'll have more info on finding good vanilla beans and working on vanilla syrup in an upcoming episode that'll feature the Nui Nui. Uh, but if you do happen to have a couple of vanilla beans lying around, here's how to make a syrup real quickly. Split two or three vanilla beans lengthwise, use the backside slash non-sharp side of the knife and scrape out the inside of the bean halves and add everything minus the knife to a medium saucepan that contains one cup of sugar and one cup of water. Stir that over low heat until the sugar is dissolved. Let it simmer for about five minutes and then remove it from heat and let it cool for one to two hours. The longer you let it cool, the stronger the vanilla flavor you'll get. Um, so, you know, adjust accordingly. Strain uh, that mixture and then bottle it. Um, beans, you know, you can put beans inside if you want as well as the seeds. Um, it just over time makes it a little bit tastier. So that's it for a relatively lengthy episode of Five Minutes of Rum. Thank you very much for listening. Show links are up on the Five Minutes of Rum website. That's number five minutes of rum.com. The show is also on iTunes as Five Minutes of Rum. On iTunes, you can subscribe, you can rate the show, even leave a review. Uh, the show is also on Twitter as at Five Minutes of Rum, at symbol number five minutes of rum. Uh, please send in any comments, corrections, feedback, or requests you have via either the website or on Twitter. Uh, if you like the show, tell your friends. And now, go get some rum.